Oops. Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, my co-host, Joshua Fowler. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry League and also Goodwood Church of Christ and Holly Hill Church of Christ. We're glad you're here. Oh man, welcome. Guys, we're so glad you're here. Uh, I now understand what Bruce was talking about. Uh, I thought NFL at first, and I was about to have to say, Bruce, our, our friendship is over. Um, just yeah, kidding, man. all my cowboy fans out there. And I thought I found a, I found another you know good close friend. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Hey, it's better than Oklahoma, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now you're a Hook'em Horns guy, right, Josh? Yeah, I was born and raised in the great state of Texas. My family's all still in Austin, so uh, I say we. We don't. I bleed a little bit of burnt orange. Okay. My, my wife's a Sooner. Um, I'm sorry. My daughter's my daughter's a Sooner. Um, oh, my boys no. are Longhorns. So yeah, we're a we're a house divided. So uh, I understand that. I understand house divided very much. So. Well, hey, everybody, we are glad you're watching. Um, we are actually still studying or still not said studying. We're still discussing parables and we're looking at the sow and the seed today. So what I thought we would also do is ask a simple question. And Josh, I know we talked about this, I think, last week, uh, just you and I together. But have you and we would like to hear from you guys in the chat. I love this because this is something especially oops, especially as we get old, uh, it gets colder here. Uh, things are dying. But have you ever tried to grow something, but instead killed it? And uh, I'll share one immediately because it comes to mind pretty quickly. But but I'll I'll give a better backstory than just oh I killed something. Uh, a couple years ago, my buddy Brad Brad's probably not watching, but if you are, what's up? He uh, he started growing these these peppers, and I was like, I like, and he started selling pepper like pepper jam. Mm -hmm. and pepper jelly and salsa and it was good and i kept was like man he's gonna make me i'm gonna buy all of your stuff just give me all of it and then i said you know hey next year i want to grow some you know i'll save some seeds for me and uh, we'll grow some and i you know i bought my own plants toward the end of that season next year we grew some had a lot of peppers more peppers than we really knew what to do with and then this year we had saved our seeds. We already had our grow lights. We already had, you know, everything we needed, grow bags, everything. And we had our seeds from last year. So we started super early this year. And I was excited because the earlier you start, especially if you can, if you're able to move them outside, uh, they can get big pretty quick. So I had them in a different location this year. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I live in a church building and so I have to be careful where I put the plants and I wanted to have them up against the building next to the water spout. So I didn't have to carry five gallon jugs of water back and forth, you know, five trips or whatever to, to water all my pepper plants. So I, I had that and I, and it was really rainy early this year. Mm -hmm. 
and you don't want to water overwater your pepper plants. If you overwater them, they won't grow as well. If you stress pepper plants out, they will actually get hotter. They'll be spicier. So I said, I'll just stress them out. It's it's raining, you know, two to three times a week. You know, there's no peppers on the plants right now. I won't even mess with them right now. And I'll go out there and, you know, next week, check on them. Wait a little bit, go out there next week, check on them. Well, apparently where I put the plants, where it was too close to the building and the overhang on the roof protected the plants from getting really any water. And it wasn't a big overhang. It was just a, you know, a small little overhang. Yeah, just enough. Yeah, just enough. And they were like all brown. And you could have, you know, you could have said, oh, we could bring them back over time. It was too late in the season for me to be able, because I had to cut basically all the branches down. And because they were, you know, you, you don't, if a leaf dies and it's still on there, you want to pull it off so it doesn't keep trying to heal that leaf because you mm -hmm. might as well just plug them all off. Because I, I, I know how to bring it back. It was just too late in the season. And I killed pretty much all of my pepper plants. And I was very upset because I had some good ghost peppers. I had some ties. We were going to make some chili oil. I had some lemon dropped peppers. We were going to um, make some, you know, a hot sauce. We had all sorts of stuff planned. And, and then COVID happened. So we didn't get together and make anything, obviously. But yeah, I kind of so we bad. were going to make something, being the operative word there, right? Not we making were. anything anymore. No, no. I don't I, know if we could sell. You know, hey, we made salsa in our own kitchen during Corona. Do you want to buy some of my <laughs> salsa in a non-commercial kitchen? Oh, <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? We don't. Um, it's been better lately. I don't. Maybe it's the maybe it's the kind of environment here in South Louisiana, but. We've actually been able to grow and keep alive a couple of sago palms and some pineapple plants. Oh. Um, but as a general rule, if I plant it, it dies. <laughs> um, that's just a general rule of thumb for my life. I've tried to do flowers and flower beds and all kinds of things in previous homes that we've owned. The only thing we've really been able to keep is an aloe vera plant that we have kept alive for 23 years. Yes. Apparently, you cannot kill an aloe vera plant. Um, I'll still give you a clap on that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, and we've we've even like replanted and, you know, because it had a section was like a foot out of the, the pot before the plant actually grew because it had kind of grown and shedded for so many, so many times. So we cut it down and replanted it. And it's, it was given to us by uh, um, Heather's grandmother. It was part of a aloe vera plant that she had. So it's been, a, it's been a, a pretty impressive feat. It's endured three different moves, at least three different moves, um, three big moves. So it's a, it is a persevering little plant. Let's just put it that way. If you want to try something, you're not good at it. Try aloe vera or cactus. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, it's, it's hard to, I mean, pepper plants aren't, the, the I mean, they're not easy, but they're not difficult. But I just I, I was I was upset. Now I know there's some people that could kill. I can't whatever pep, whatever plant you mentioned, aloe. What was it? Aloe vera. Aloe vera. Yeah. 
So I know some people who could, you know, who just could kill that because, you know, oh no, I put, you know, the wrong, you know, it wasn't a bag of fertilizer upholding. It was a bag of, you know, something else. <laughs> Weed killer. I, I can remember we had had a crawfish boil at uh, the house and it, I had to dump the pot of w leftover water out. <laughs> so I thought, I'll just dump it in the corner of the yard. Everything died. Yeah, that's it's bad for a yard. And, and uh, for those of you who don't know what goes in a crawfish boil, just imagine the little table bottle of salt, the salt shaker that you have on a restaurant table, and multiply that by uh, like 10. 10, yeah. And just dump it in a pot of water and then a bunch of other seasonings and then dump it on some grass and see what happens to that sodium and what happens to the grass. <laughs> it destroys everything. Yeah, every, uh, every season that goes into a crawfish boil, salt is a is a main ingredient there. It is. It is. Why, why are we talking about plants, Jonathan? We're, yeah, we're talking about plants because we're, we're talking about the parable of the sower and the seed and, and, and how important it is or about the importance of this parable. So the parable, and let's see, the parable is, we've all heard this before. And if you haven't, we'll, we'll summarize it for you. You have the, the sower who went out to, to, to sow some seed. Right. Oh, that's, you know, and he had this, what, the satchel of seed, I guess is how it, how it worked. And he would put his hand in the satchel and just scatter seed out like this. And wherever the seed landed, that's how he planted his seed. So in the parable, there were multiple different types of soil Jesus is talking about in the story, saying, well, some seed fell upon the rocky soil. Some seed fell on the thorns. Some seed fell on the path. And some seed fell in the good soil. And each different type of soil or place where it landed had different results. Obviously, the, the seeds that fell on the path were like kind of trampled upon. The seeds that went in the rocks really didn't grow very well. But then the seeds and the thorns, what happened to those? Well, they, they grew up. And then as they began to mature, 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 the, the thorns kind of, wrapped around them and cut them off and, and killed the plants or killed the, the seed. But then those that fell upon the good soil uh, matured. They had deep roots. They grew to be real big and strong. And that's the parable Jesus is, is, is telling these, these individuals. And uh, Josh, I know I'm missing some stuff. Well, what, how else would you summarize maybe the, the context? You're more of a good context guy. Oh, I'm I'm a good context guy, huh? You are. I should have uh, I should have paid better attention to the context on this because I mean this uh -oh. this is one of those parables that that really kind of sits in. Um, obviously, he's talking to a bunch of lay people, right? And yeah. so farming is is the thing that they that they really understand. And so I was trying to look here, and he's in a boat at this point. Yeah. Right. And so you're talking to people who understand agriculture. They understand, you know, when he says be fishers of men, that's not a just some random, uh, you know, metaphor that he uses. And so um, there's all kinds of things that are coming about here. And over and over again, you have this, uh, you know, Jesus heals and he heals on the Sabbath, sometimes maybe 
intentionally he heals on the Sabbath in order to provoke the Pharisees and the Jews uh, to, to really think differently about who Jesus was, right? And so Jesus tells them this parable. Um, and what, what, I, what I like here in the, in the middle of Matthew 13 is he tells the parable, and then there's this section where the apostles or the disciples come up and say, why do you talk in parables? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Why can't you just talk plainly? Uh, yeah. And then there's a why section. That towards, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a section towards the end of, I think it's the end of John, where the apostles look at Jesus and say, you are speaking plainly now. You're not speaking in <laughs> hidden language. And so, um, you know, they recognize, like, you're really making us work for this stuff, you know. And the, the parable of the sower comes really in that in that section. And that's kind of the context that we really see some things in. And so, you know, here's the, <clears throat> here's the sower. He's casting out seed. And he's saying, look, some people are going to embrace it. And it's going to take root. Some people are going to completely reject it. Some people are going to kind of accept it for a minute. But as soon as the going gets stuff, they're out. Yeah. Um, but I am here to broadcast this the the message that I have uh, for for all to hear, and it's available to anyone and everyone. So, um, it's a it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool little little parable that I think has really an, an array of meanings, uh, and that's the cool thing about parables, right? Is they have these layers of, of understanding of lessons that we can kind of learn from them. So definitely, and and I often wonder. Well, not wonder, but I, I, we use this parable a lot to discuss certain types of lessons. But like you said, there's more than one lesson you can pull out of this. Mm-hmm. And, and too often we just focus on the, you know, the sower. And, and Jesus, I, I'm not sure he's talking about us as the sower in this context. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that, I, I mean, I, I wonder if, if we're someone else, but a lot of times, I think you've mentioned before, we read it through those our, our 21st century eyes, and right. uh, we read it through different eyes than they would have, then they perhaps would have seen themselves as a sower, but a lot of times we like to, and I think you mentioned it before, uh, in other parables and whenever we were talking, we like to be the hero of the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when we talk about the parable of the of the prodigal sons, I I have a tendency to associate myself with the son that stayed faithful, not with the one who left and squandered. Um, When we look at the the interactions that Jesus has with the Pharisees Pharisees and the disciples and those whom Jesus embraced, I put myself with the people whom Jesus embraced, not with the Pharisees. and here I've, I've frequently put myself in the position of the sower who is out there broadcasting seed. And, and I think there is a lesson in evangelism um, that's in this, which, you know, says, look, our, our, our job is to just simply proclaim the word. Um, but I wonder if by placing ourselves in the position of the hero of the story, if you will, uh, I th- maybe we're missing out on a much more important aspect of what this uh, this parable is really intended to be, which is what kind of soil do you have? 
um, the master is out or he's broadcasting seat. Are you willing and able to accept what he has to put into your life or the message that he has to give you? Um, and I, you know, the, the condition of my soul changes uh, of my heart. So um, I think that for me is, is maybe a more important question to ask as opposed to the, the message that I have to give, how does it fall onto people? And now it's just kind of up to them to respond. Uh, maybe I should ask myself, what am I doing to prepare my heart to receive what God has uh, has to give me? So, I wonder if we don't look at ourselves, uh, those of us who are, who are already believers, those of us who are already Christians, I wonder if we don't think of it as, oh, this is about what soil we are. Because we look at receiving the word as a one-time act. Oh, uh, I've already accepted Jesus. Oh, I've already been baptized. Oh, I've already made the commitment to follow him. I've received the word. Now I'm the sower all of a sudden. Well, no, your, your soil can, uh, when I don't do something to, and, and keep the soil healthy, you can kill certain plants. You know, when I was growing peppers, I mentioned the year that I was very successful whenever I actually didn't, you know, use the rain to try to water my plants. I uh, I even bought certain type of fertilizer or, or certain type of manure and would mix it in with the soil to be able to, you know, and use different types of uh, soil and then some other kind of, you know, plant food to be able to create the right um habitat for our uh, environment for these plants. But if I'm not keeping my soil healthy, then eventually I'm going to stop receiving the word because every time we read the word, we should be growing and I can let my soil dry out and stop being receptive to the word. And then what happens? I start to become a little bit more rocky or, I, or, I, or maybe I'm allowing other temptations in my life and now I'm allowing thorns to block my growth and to kind of kill my faith because I've allowed other things in my heart. You know, when sin remains in her heart, what happens? Well, it, it finds a home and then it ends up becoming like a plague. Right. Well, Matthew 13 is really a beautiful. Um, and again, I'm I'm not 100 percent convinced that all of these things are completely chronological like i know the gospel of john is not chronological at all you yeah. know john is recording his memories of his life with christ and it's he's kind of all over the place at times until it gets really to the passion week and then it seems to really get chronological mm -hmm. because that's the way the memory comes um but when you look at matthew 13 right he has the parable of the sower and then he talks about a farmer who lets weeds grow with his wheat because he didn't want to accidentally pull up some wheat as it's maturing and growing. So he says, no, leave the weeds alone and let them grow. And then he talks about, you know, the mustard seed and yeast. Uh, and, and then he interprets those parables for them, you know, because they really can't get it. Uh, there is a, a pearl that's found right in a field. And then he goes to a parable of the net uh, where they're, where they're out fishing but he talks about the truth and then, and then he's rejected at Nazareth. Right. And so you have all of these, these, these stories that Jesus is telling that really fall in line with this, 
with this metaphor of, look, I mean, there is work to be done and I'm out there doing the work and there are all kinds of responses. And ultimately he's going to get to this place where he's just going to be completely rejected, which is exactly what he said was going to transpire with some of the things that he would say. We see those very responses um, in, in, in these following verses. So it's, it's really a cool collection of, of teaching that Jesus has there. So it is. And, and Bruce has a good question here. And before we, we go any further, you know, he says, so when we just proclaim to everyone, does this have us sowing in rocky soil as well as prepared soil? And he asked, is the parable telling us to spend more time sowing in fertilized ground? And, and this is kind of what I think, Bruce, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to you know talk about is we do look at this as more, you know, we tend to look at this as more of an evangelism parable for us. When really it's asking like, Josh, I think what, what you were getting at. And I've made the same mistake as almost using this as I, you know, I am the sower. I am sowing seeds. But, you know, the, the question is, what soil am I? Mm-hmm. And not be concerned with what soil everybody else is. <laughs> you know, my job is to to what soil am I prepare my soil to be receptive? And the only thing about spreading or or being sowers is actually at the end when it said some seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, and so it produced grain, and then it said, and then it kind of what, and then some hundredfold. So that reproducing plants do is the type of spreading we're called to do. We're not the one actually, you know, doing like who the sower is. That would be Jesus, I think. Yeah. And it's not, um, I mean, it's definitely a consistent understanding, right? We see in the parable of the talents where um, ultimately the lesson is just simply you are not responsible for, uh, for what people do, for what comes of what you invest. Your responsibility is your investment. Whatever God has given you that you invested in the kingdom, that's your responsibility. Um, And so it's a, I think it's a, it's a good lesson to learn. It's just another way in which we reemphasize that because really our obligation in evangelism is to evangelize. It is to proclaim the message. Um, and it is it is then up to the individual who receives it to do what they will with it. And you know, when Jesus, I mean, he he proclaimed the message to Pharisees, Sadducees, rulers, authorities, Romans, Jews, Gentiles, um, prostitutes, lepers, children, women. It didn't matter if there was someone in front of him; he was sharing with him the message of God. Um, and then the responsibility fell on those people um, to take that and embrace it. So I don't think that's an inconsistent view of of our responsibility. That's one of those lessons we can certainly learn from this. Definitely. But but I think the one that changes me most is by looking and saying, what am I doing to make sure that my heart is full of good soil? Um, That I don't, that I don't get that hard heart that takes the things that God is trying to pour into me and just repels them. Definitely. Or let's, or let's them sit there for Satan to come and snatch up. Um. Yeah. And that and that when it starts to take root, I make sure that it's taken deep root. That way, when the people around me aren't um, consistently living the kind of life that that God has called me to live, that I don't get swayed easily in, into those moments, um, that it just becomes such a part of my being that following God's will just becomes a natural instinctive response to life. 
Definitely. Um, I don't think, and, and I don't want it to us to be misunderstood. We're not saying we're not called to sow at all. I mean, Josh, Josh has been, you know, saying we are called to, to evangelize. You know, we are called to, I mean, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, baptize them and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. That still applies. But in this parable, the sower is in us, not not in the way Jesus was teaching it. Now, are we still supposed to be sowers? Yes. Would yeah. it be good to follow the same kind of, uh, I guess, same type of approach? Yes. <laughs> yeah. However, the lesson for us is, because he goes later after these verses, you know, in chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, in verses 18 and through 23, he explains it. And he says, when anyone hears the word and does, does fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. This is this type of soil. So he's teaching them, okay, this is all about how you're receiving what I'm teaching you right now. And or whenever someone else. So even when my disciples are teaching you and you do and you react with this response, it's because of this type of soil is that's how you are. So again, that's that that's important for us to ask. What type of soil am I? And, and I think that's a that's a hard question because we want to be again the hero of the story. Well, I want to be good soil. Okay. Well, are we? You know, because I would say there's good soil where the, the thorns are growing in good soil too, perhaps. And now, not in the same metaphor here, but thorns grow where there's some good soil. That's why in garden you have to pick out weeds. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's thorn because thorns and weeds are growing in good areas because of course it's healthy for them too. <laughs> yeah, they just don't need um, you know, weeds don't need the depth. Correct. They don't need the depth of soil. You know, they can grow in just about anything, which, yeah. like you said, means they can also grow in good soil. Um they can grow in bad soil, they can grow in little cracks in the cement somehow, you know. Like if there's a little piece of dirt, a weed can grow because um, <laughs> it doesn't have a complex root system. Yeah. Um, even if you, if we stay with this this metaphor of of, of growing things, uh, you know the the soil in your plants at home, the soil in your in your garden, the soil in in our fields, they have to we have to tend the soil. It's not just about growing plants. Um, and so if you go out and you harvest a whole crop of wheat and then immediately turn and, and, and plant again, that soil gets tired. It has to be um, fertilized and cared for. Uh, sometimes it has to lie fallow and it has to rest. Um, you know, we'll see, you'll see farmers who are burning their fields because burning fields puts carbon dioxide back into the soil so that it can then uh, provide an atmosphere so that new crop can grow. Yeah. And, and if infections. So they'll, right. they'll burn yeah. this field while they're growing in this field. And when that right. harvest is done, they'll come and they'll switch right. over. And, and the same is true. You know, when you talk about our, our spirit, um, you know, turning, turning your life over to Christ is one step. Uh, but it's a step that has to be, it's a journey that we're beginning. Right. And just like in, in my job, whether my job is, look, if I don't continue to educate myself as a minister, um, I'm going to really quickly run out of things that I know. Um, 
you know, you have to continue to learn and grow and, and study. This, when I was a service advisor at a car dealership, uh, we had continuing education. I mean, I was in, in I was taking classes once a month uh, on new products that were coming out, uh, new repair bulletins that were out. I mean, so we're constantly learning about the, the places that we are in and growing in our in our knowledge. And the same has to be true for our our spiritual state as well, because if we if we stop tending um, to the things that are in our heart or the things that are in our spirit, then it'll get hard. It'll get shallow. Much easier for those things that God is planting within us to be uprooted. So definitely, and uh, I can't help but remember. Uh, boy meets world, and uh, I, I, I don't know if uh, if that's a little bit um, too young for you, Josh. Oh no, I know but, boy meets world. But um, I love I love boy meets world, and I remember Mister Feeney yeah. doing one of his garden metaphors, and he had a little a little plant in a pot, and he was talking about you know, well, uh, I want to move it out to this garden. And uh, why do you think, you know, he was asking, I think it was Corey. He said, you know, well, you know, why, 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 why would I want to do this? And, and Corey, Corey says, because if you live it in the pot, it'll die. And Mr. Feeney goes, no, if it stays here, it'll quit growing. Mm-hmm. You know, if we only put ourselves in this box and say, here's the knowledge I have, I don't need to know anymore. Well, our, we're not going to, we're not going to grow. We're not going to be able to be stronger. But, you know, when you put plants and so, you know, when I'm growing pepper plants, they start in little pods under uh, with a, a heating pad and grow lights. Then we move them to red solo cups. And uh, yeah, <laughs> red solo cups under grow lights. And then mm-hmm. we move them to grow bags because if you put, you know, you want to keep growing because if you leave them in those cups, they won't get any bigger. They'll right. outgrow the cups. And sometimes when we have the soil, we need to, to ask ourselves, <laughs> sorry, dad, you're distracting me. So um, if um, uh, Josh, you take it over. I'm, I'm completely lost now. No, you have to give yourself a, the habitat to grow in, right? Um, that if, if you're, it's the same as with truth, animals and, I mean, fish even. All of these things transpire. You put something in a small habitat, it's going to be bound by the habitat. Yeah. Um, but but allowing this, this space to grow. But that requires intentionality, right? It requires dedication. Yeah. It requires an awareness of what needs to occur. Um, and I guess the, the question is, like, how do you either prepare or if you recognize that you know, your heart is, is a little rocky or you've got a lot of things that need to go. Um, or maybe I come to recognition that my heart is hard. Um, I had a good, good friend of mine. I, I still have a good friend. We just don't see, uh, see her very often. Um, Sarah Bailey. And we used to always uh, give each other a hard time, but also in a way of recognizing um, a black heart. You know, because you get a little cynical and then you crack a little joke and she would say, Josh, I sure do love you even when your heart is a little black. 
that it's it's a little dark it's a little bleak it's a little it's a little heavy um and that was just kind of her funny way of reminding me it's like i get you i know where you're coming from but you got to be careful and she understood that because she had the same kind of a sense of humor and she bore things the same way um and so that was kind of our way of kind of holding one another accountable yeah um to say hey you know, so what do I do when I recognize that there is a little bit of decay that's going on in my heart or there's some hardness that's sitting in or I'm becoming a little more callous to one thing than the other? Um, are there ways which we can actually change that course, that progression um, and, and begin to prepare that heart to really receive what it is that God wants me to do? Yeah, I think it has to start with honesty. We have to be honest with ourselves. Just like or maybe even have someone who can be accountable and we can be honest with ourselves with that person giving us that the thing like you had your friend remind you of. If we're going to want to have better uh, soil and we have things that are going to be, you know, ruining it like rocks, which might be sin, which might be bad influences. I have to be honest and say these things are being damaged. These things damage the soil. These things are not helping me grow. They're hurting me grow. If we're not honest with ourselves and we become complacent or we become, we accept these things and say, this is just who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, God made me this way. God made me have this personality. So it can't be that bad. Right. And we like to justify certain things. We have to be honest and say, if these things, and then we can, We'll talk about how to get rid of them. Bruce right. here, attention to detail. And man, Coach Bruce is, is always with the good <laughs> stuff here. Uh, attention to detail. And it is a process that requires practice and preparation to create an environment of success. Man, just like a coach. <laughs> hey, I love it. Coach speak. It speaks to me. <laughs> coach and, yeah. and then a ref, right? Oh, man. That's right. <laughs> So we were just talking last night in our uh, Bible class about honesty. We were looking through uh, Jacob, the story of Jacob when he wrestled with God. Um, and there is a section after after Jacob wrestles with this man all night long. Uh, you know, he, the man comes and he says, let go of me. He says, I'll not let go of you until you bless me. And so the man looks at Jacob and says, say your name. What is your name? And what does Jacob basically say? My name is the deceiver. My name is a liar. You know, so, you know, what is your name? What is your name? My name is the deceiver. He says, no. Your name is no longer deceiver. Uh, your name is Israel. For you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed. Uh -huh. um, and uh, there, there is this point where we have to be um, honest, um, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I think that's such a good point is that being honest with yourself is, is really, really an important first step. And, and then it's, and then after being honest, it's then maybe the humility or the intentionality, like what, what Bruce is saying, the practice and preparation to be able to say, now I'm going to be intentional and practice removing these things from my life. When I am, am was growing my peppers successfully, there'll be times where um, 
the soil may not be good or there'll be certain things around my plant that were not good for my plant. Mm -hmm. um, I had these little nymphs and uh, you have all sorts of these little bugs and they look like red ants, but they're bigger and they're like mm -hmm. terrifying looking, but they will destroy your plant in a heartbeat. Right, right. How do I get rid of them? Well, I tried water. They, you know, just you know, kind of thump, you know, get them rid of them. They came back. I try, you know, you have to maybe it takes multiple tries to get rid of them. I could have said, well, I'll just give up. I guess I'll just have to. Hopefully, they won't do too much damage. <laughs> we do that with our lives, don't we? Oh, yeah, it's not great for me, but well, it could be worse. No, you make sure you're you're being as healthy as possible. Eventually, I found ways to get rid of them. It, it took a, a good bit of asking around for people who had the same problem and listening and doing whatever they said worked. And they say now within reason. Now, spiritually, obviously, we can't do whatever people say. <laughs> but, you know, hey, someone who came out of, you know, it's almost like um, I once heard and I'm going blank uh, round. I'm going to go blank on his first name. Well, I looked that up. He was talking about evangelism and Clinton round and uh, in, back in South Carolina, he said, and it, I'm not sure it originated with him, but he said evangelism is, is one person or one beggar finding another beggar where he found food. Mm -hmm. You know, if, 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 if I, if I'm starving and I need help, I'm going to go to the person who was in my shoes and found his way out. Right. And, and, and I should and I should have the humility to listen to that person instead of saying, I got it. You know, yeah. we can beat our heads against the wall, try and knock it down, but eventually we'll knock ourselves out. <laughs> right. And, and I think one of the most uh, important aspects of both preparing and maintaining um, and then even like changing if we need to change something within us. Uh, I think it comes back to the spiritual disciplines, you know, and we spent some time in those at the very beginning of this podcast. Those spiritual disciplines are the way in which we keep ourselves present before God. Yeah. You know, the meditation, the prayer, the fasting, the simplicity, the silence, the solitude, um, all of those things um, take us out of the moment, um, out of ourselves and place us squarely before God and, and allows ourselves to be open to him. So. Um, Definitely. It's good stuff. It's a good parable. I like it. It is. I love this parable. Well, any closing thoughts before we tell our our viewers farewell? That was my closing thought. I Stay like in it. the disciplines. Stay in Stay the, in the disciplines. disciplines. I guess my, my takeaway is um, do what it takes to constantly prepare your soil. Uh, just because you had good soil at one point doesn't mean your soil is still good. Uh, right. receiving the word is an, is a, an everyday, uh, process. It's not a one-time event. And just because we decided to follow Jesus one day doesn't mean that we're still living in that good soil. So mm -hmm. my takeaway is continue to live in the good soil. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. As always, uh, those of you who joined us live, we're glad you listened. Those of you who are listening later, thank you for listening. We are so, um, we're glad um, to be um, broadcasting. We're pretty much on everywhere, I believe. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Overcast. Uh, we're on YouTube once the YouTube link goes up. Uh, Anchor, and I think it's a total of seven places 
and then plus Facebook and YouTube. I'll have to look at what Anchor tells me again, but we're at seven different places. So we're pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there if you're a podcast person. Um, thanks for watching, guys. As always, these are brought to you by Holly Hill, Goodwood, and the Ministry League. If you haven't checked out the Ministry League app, check it out. we got a lot of exciting things happening. It would be bad of me not to mention um, the Ministry League is also part of uh, the group that puts on Exposure Youth Camp. Exposure is coming uh, up soon. Uh, I will be unable to attend. I have a baby on the way and uh, way too close. But as always, uh, it's the December 27th through the 30th every single year, no matter what days they fall on. It is still happening. I think they can have up to 14 or we can have up to 1400 people um, in the big conference center. Um, you can look it all up at Exposure Youth Camp. Uh, dot com, uh, ministryleague.com, all that good stuff. There will be requirements for, for safety. Please follow them so we can be able to uh, have the event and stay safe and be able to follow the guidelines uh, the conference center has given us. If you have any questions, you can always message the Ministry League or see the website or also watch tomorrow, Lord willing, the John and Paul show. We'll see you guys later.